This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review, heard every Sunday at noon on AM 740 Zoomer Radio. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Good afternoon and welcome to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Libby Snymer. Two years ago, 10,000 Kurdish Yazidis were massacred or enslaved by ISIS attackers in northern Iraq. The men were slaughtered young boys forced to become child soldiers, and the women and girls were forced into sex slavery. The Reverend Majid al-Shafi from One Free World International went into the region to try to rescue some of the women. But he's not getting much help from the Canadian government. He'll join us to talk about his recent mission. And... MPP Sherry DeNovo bowed out of the federal NDP leadership race after suffering two so-called mini-strokes in recent weeks. We'll talk with her about her scare and what we can all learn from it. But first, here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. According to a new UBC study, many Zoomers tend to minimize or lie about their conditions after being discharged from hospital following serious ailments. The research published in The Gerontologist profiled older adults recently released from hospital who told researchers they would rather highlight their abilities than discuss the risk for future health issues. Study authors say they do it to avoid being seen as vulnerable and also because they want to return to a normal pre-hospitalization life immediately, even if it's no longer possible. That leads them to downplay, hide or mask their risks. A Toronto institution has closed its doors after nearly a hundred years of service. Silverstein's Bakery had been supplying restaurants, delicatessens and grocery stores across the city for 98 years before the owners decided to cease operations. The bakery opened its doors in 1918 by Polish immigrant Kalman Silverstein and remained family-owned for three generations. Grandson Mark Speaking for the family, said they had run out of money and had no option but to close. Having a higher body mass index, or BMI, may not mean a greater risk of heart attack after all. A Swedish study published in JAMA Internal Medicine looked at more than 4,000 pairs of identical twins and found those with higher BMIs were no more likely to have a heart attack than their leaner twin. The researchers say it's important to note that although a higher BMI was not associated with heart disease, it was associated with diabetes. He was an ardent nationalist and founder of the Canadian Encyclopedia. Mel Hurtig has died of pneumonia in a Vancouver hospital 
at the age of 84. He authored several books and was co-founder of the Council of Canadians, a group dedicated to preserving the country's sovereignty. He was also an officer of the Order of Canada and had honorary Doctor of Laws degrees from six Canadian universities. I'm Libby Snymer, and those are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. We heard about it all over the news in 2014. Minority Kurdish Yazidis being slaughtered by ISIS on Sinjar Mountain in northern Iraq. Estimates are 10,000 were either killed or enslaved in the region. Many of those captured were forced into sex slavery. The Reverend Majid al-Shafi from One Free World International recently went to northern Iraq to try to rescue some of the women. It's the second anniversary of the massacre on Sinjar Mountain. Uh, 10,000 Kurds from the Yazidi minority were either slaughtered or kidnapped and forced into slavery. You've just come back from the region. What did you find? I found that the situation there is getting much worse. The Yazidi girls is now estimated 3,000 Yazidi girls is still under the hands of ISIS, still persecuted, tortured. Ahmed was 9 years old, 12 years old, being raped up to 20 times a day. I found that the international society until now, especially our Canadian government, is still lack a sense of action uh, to help more of the most vulnerable of the refugees, especially the Yazidis and the Christians. Now, you're saying that 3,000 women who've been kidnapped and forced into sex slavery are still there. But two years ago, 7,000 were taken. What happened to the rest of them? It's estimated that uh, a small part of them, a small portion of them was uh, rescued. But the sad news that the most majority will be killed or commit suicide. Because the conditions are so horrible. The condition is so horrible. Uh, like, as I said, I, I saw... A woman, I interviewed a woman that she tried to escape as a, as her punishment. Uh, the ISIS fighter took her three kids and poisoned them. Uh, I saw another woman try to escape. Her punishment was that they were, she was gang raped by five fighters at the time. Uh, this is a genocide. It's a massacre. It's a something that uh, nobody can ever imagine. And the Canadian government hasn't recognized it as a genocide. The UK government did, the American government did, the EU, the European Parliament did, the Canadian government until now didn't. And even with the report of the United Nations, they are thinking about only recognizing the genocide of the Yazidis, but not the other minorities, including the Christians. And why is the Canadian government lacking behind these other jurisdictions? Quite honestly, I found this government care more about what is popular, not what is correct. I believe part of it is politically correctness, part of it that they, if they recognize it as a genocide, then they will have to take an actions to stop this, this genocide. And I think that they want to do less, not more in Iraq. It's very interesting to me because this government crows a lot about how welcoming it is for refugees, but yet none of the Yazidis, who are the most vulnerable of the vulnerable minorities, have been able to come to Canada. No, actually, the 25,000 refugees that the Canadian government brought a few months ago, 
the majority of them, if not all, was a Muslim Sunni from one sector. Now, we don't have a problem with the Muslim Sunni as a sector, as a group. I'm sure that many of them, women, children, they need protection, absolutely. But also there is more sectors that doesn't have, doesn't have militias to protect them or doesn't have a Muslim Arab countries to take them in, such as the Yazidis, the Christians, the LBT community, the gay lesbian community. Where all of this minority, that Canada did not bring any of them yet, and the sad news that nobody even sees this is as something wrong. Why is that? Do you understand why that is? I think it's politically correctness. I think part of it that they always use the UN as, as an excuse. They say, well, refugees are refugee. The UN sent us the list. We took the list from the UN. Let's put it on the UN. We didn't vote for the UN as a prime minister. We vote for our government to present us to bring the most needy and the most vulnerable here to Canada. That's our value and that's our principle. You've given them a proposal to bring some Yazidi women and girls who have been rescued from sex slavery. Us and another organization, One Free World International and ORAT, which is the Catholic Archdiocese Office of Refugees, with the, one of the most well-known immigration lawyers in the country, Chantal Delorge. We all sat down together. We made a proposal of 400 Yazidi girls being raped by ISIS to come here to Canada as a refugee, just 400 out of the 25,000. And yet our proposal until now did not get approved. How long has it been? Uh, we presented in the, to the previous government, to Chris Alexander was approved in the previous government, but not officially. The minister approved it. Two months later, the election entered. It was the longest election in the Canadian history. We had to start from the beginning. So we met with a new minister. We met with the chief staff. Until now, we're still waiting for the results. What did the minister, John McCallum, have to say about this? Quite honestly, the minister want to do something. I think he want to do something. He sent it to his chief staff and his office. And now the, it's in the hand of the bureaucrats uh, to see if this is, can work or not. Listen, if there is a will, there is a way. If there is a political will to this government, this will happen. But if there is not and they just want to waste time, the time is not in our side. The time, time is not on the side of the Yazidi girls. It's their enemy. What can be done about this? And again, why do you think the government is dragging its feet when it comes to these very vulnerable minorities? I cannot tell you why this government dragging their feet, but I can tell you what Canadians can do. Everyone listening to us right now have the right, have the vote, have the power to contact your MP, to contact the prime minister office, to contact the immigration office and say enough is enough. We want to protect the most vulnerable. Is a genocide? Is a, is a, is a girls that being killed? Imagine if this is your sister. Imagine if this is your daughter or your wife. Would you remain silent? It's up to us to take an action and then the government will follow. That was Majid al-Shafi from One Free World International talking about his mission to northern Iraq to free Kurdish Yazidi women from sex slavery. I'm Libby Snymer, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. Coming up next, Parkdale High Park MPP Sherry DeNovo took her name out of the running to become the leader of the federal NDP after a health scare. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP. A new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Welcome back to the Zoomer Weekend Review. I'm Libby Snymer. Back in April, after Tom Mulcair lost a leadership review at the NDP convention, people started asking Sherry DeNovo if she was planning to run. 
In June, she announced that, yes, she would vie for the leadership of the NDP. But this week, the MPP for Parkdale High Park announced she was out of the leadership race after suffering two small strokes in recent weeks. It's one that many face, and uh, I guess this time it was my turn. Yeah. What happened? Uh, well, over the last uh, few weeks, I had what they now believe are uh, were two uh, TIAs, transient uh, ischemic attacks. So they're, they're small strokes. Um, the first one happened actually over Pride weekend, and I thought it was heat stroke, actually, uh, which is not uncommon that people think that this is something else other than what it is. Um, the second time it just happened, I was at home, so then I knew clearly it was something else and started to have it all checked out. Um, so, uh, so anyway, enough to uh, make me rethink um, adding more to my workload, that's for sure. Oh, so what did you experience when you had these uh, TIAs, which are often called mini-strokes? Yeah, um, well, the first time, I mean, I felt dizzy, had a headache, which I never, ever get headaches, so that's unusual for me. Um, the scariest, I guess, symptom was uh, kind of feeling like I can speak, sort of slurring of words and... Um, Again, the first time I thought it was heat stroke because some of the similar kinds of things I'd read about with heat stroke. Um, and just feeling, you know, really, really weak. I had to kind of lie down in both instances. Um, so really, but there's all sorts of different ways people experience these things. So uh, that was simply mine. Um, and I, I guess, it, you know, there were some signs. I mean, I've had... Uh, I've been diagnosed with hypertension for many years now, but thought it was under control, you know, took a pill a day and thought that was good. Um, so again, uh, then, you know, was, there was a battery of tests, a CAT scan. I just had an MRI. I haven't got the results of that back yet. But so far, it seems like there's no you know, permanent damage, which is good because sometimes that can be the case. And then from there on in, really, it's just a, about preventing another one. And, and preventing a larger stroke, of course. Exactly, because you're more at risk, of course, with these of having uh, a stroke that is actually debilitating. One of the scariest aspects of, of these things is that, as you said, you can you can think it's something else that doesn't need treatment, or you can even, I guess, miss it. Yes, and I'm sure many women do because we are, of course, very guilty of this not only for for strokes but for actual heart attacks and other more serious uh, incidents as well um, of just kind of thinking, oh, well, this will pass. Um, clearly, I learned uh, through this experience that if there's any question at all, uh, the best thing to do is to seek help right away. How scary was this? Um, it, it's really scary. I mean, you know, for somebody who uses their voice for a living um, to feel out of control of using her own voice is very, very scary. Uh, and, you know, again, is this a brain tumor? <laughs> Later I thought, um, no, thank, thank goodness, it doesn't seem to be anything like that. Um, but um, it, it's, a, it's a very, very scary feeling of being out of control of your body. I describe it to somebody, and I think um, others have described it a similar way of kind of walking around with a with a bomb inside of you. You just don't know when it's going to go off. Um, and so that's that's really where where treatment's in order. Did you go right to the stroke clinic, or did you go somewhere else first? No, I went to my GP. After the, the the second one, I went to my GP as quickly as I could, and he got me to the stroke clinic as quickly as he could. So it was a few days passing again. You know, even after the second one, I wasn't sure that this was anything 
too, too serious, although it was scary at that. For sure, it was scary then. I knew there was something happening. Um, but again, I because it passed and you seem fine, uh, again, I, I thought I had time. And I, I, and I think that's, again, uh, another lesson is that you may have, you may not have. So don't don't risk it. I would, I would certainly advise going right to the emergency ward if this uh, were to happen to me again. Absolutely. I mean, if it's a mm-hmm. big stroke, you've got three hours. Yeah, exactly. So again, this I'm learning. <laughs> I didn't know it at the time. So, uh, so it's 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 excellent that you're sharing this with uh, with everyone because uh, certainly for anybody of our age, um, this is this is important. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, you were running for the leadership of the new Democratic Party, and this made you rethink that. Uh, yes. Um, in fact, it made my staff and my, my family, first and foremost, my family, rethink it for me. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, just the job of being a member of provincial parliament is, is you know, weighty enough. Uh, and that taking that on as well would have meant really, you know, full-time work. I mean, right now it's, it's full-time work, but then it would be full-time plus some, plus travel constantly. And, you know, I really, to, to be fair, my, um, you know, my run for leadership was always about the principles and not about me as a person anyway. So I just thought this is, this really is my health we're talking about now. And my family just, especially my kids said, you can't do it, mom. This isn't the end of the world. Um, this is totally treatable and, um, and something you can go on to, to do. So, but I'm, you know, doing all the obvious things. I mean, it was, um, interestingly, just getting involved in doing yoga a lot. Um, I'm definitely keeping that up because that, uh, helps. So exercise, eating correctly, all those good things. These are all part of, uh, you know, making sure you don't have another one. That was Sherry DeNovo, MPP for Parkdale High Park. I'm Libby Zneimer, and you're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review. Legendary Zoomer crooner Tony Bennett celebrated a milestone birthday this week. Bennett at 90 when we return. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Welcome back to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Libby Snymer. It's time for your international arts date book. Tips for those of you who are jetting around the world. Here's Jane Brown. Harry Potter and the Cursed Child continues a popular run at the Palace Theatre in London. And author J.K. Rowling hints there could be more. The Cursed Child is set 19 years after the seventh and final book in the Harry Potter series and takes five hours to perform. In Edinburgh, the city where it all began in 1947, the annual Fringe Festival is underway with thousands of shows, including stand-up comedy, street performers, and a foul-mouthed purple puppet from Australia. On stage in New York, Oslo, which tells the backstory of the 1993 Oslo Peace Accords signed by PLO Chairman Yasser Arafat and Israeli Prime Minister Yitzhak Rabin. Oslo is at the Newhouse Theatre at Lincoln Center until August 28th. And the Israel Museum has a new exhibit called A Mummy in Jerusalem, Secrets of the Afterlife. It features a 2,200-year-old mummy, the only one that Israel possesses. I'm Jane Brown, and that's the International Arts Datebook. 
This week, the one and only Tony Bennett celebrated his 90th birthday. The crooner has enjoyed an incredible career that has spanned over seven decades. And in true Zoomer fashion, he's showing no signs of slowing down. He celebrated his 90th birthday with a huge star-studded bash at New York's Rainbow Room. The guest list included celebs like John Travolta, Bruce Willis, Regis Philbin, and Lady Gaga. This particular day is the, the best moment in my life. It's, the whole day has been magical. The whole world is showing up for me and wishing me well on my 90th birthday. And I can't be more blessed than that. Bennett and Gaga have been very close ever since the recording of their album of duets titled Cheek to Cheek back in 2013. Right now, we'll hear one of the big singles from that album. Here is their rendition of Cole Porter's Anything Goes. In olden days, a glimpse of stocking was looked down as something shocking. Now heaven knows anything goes. Good authors, too, who once knew better words, now only use for letter words writing prose. Gone mad today and good's bad today. And days night today and black's white today. And most guys today, the woman prize today. I just silly dig And though I'm not a great romancer, I know you're bound to answer when, when we propose. Bennett and Lady Gaga with Anything Goes. Bennett celebrated his 90th birthday this week. And that brings us to the end of another edition of the Zoomer Week in Review. I'm Libby Snymer. Thanks for joining me today. Be sure to come back next week to stay up to date with all things Zoomer worldwide. You've been listening to the Zoomer Week in Review. Produced by MZ Media Limited. Executive producer Moses Snymer. Produced by Dave Woodard and Paul Thomas. This has been an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review. Heard every Sunday at noon on AM 740 Zoomer Radio. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network. Home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.